Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. What's up, you guys? It's Kate Warman here, and welcome back to another episode of the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, if you missed the announcement, you can now watch this podcast here on YouTube. I'm waving to all my YouTube peeps right now. What's up, you guys? You can go to YouTube. We have a Heart of Dating channel, and now you can start watching our podcast via video, which have been so much fun. But I also got to say, y'all, we are not fancy over here, okay? I have been doing this podcast for four years, but I am staying humble, okay? Because we have a janky setup and we're just doing our best, okay? You'll see it in the episode today if you check out the episode with JJ. It was so much fun to record and I'll be honest, we actually recorded the episode today at night, okay? We had such a busy week, but we were like, we got to get this in for the people and we have to record it over video. So we're going to record it at night. This was the latest podcast I have ever recorded. I don't even think I planned on sharing that with you guys today, but here I am sharing that information, okay? Hey, today on the episode, we are bringing you guys through our story while also giving you some practical things that you can take and apply to your dating life. So last week, we talked about pace and boundaries. Dun, dun, dun. And you guys loved that episode about boundaries and pace. And here's what we recommend. We recommend pacing yourself by getting to know someone through time for 60 to 90 days before you decide if you want to commit to them. I know that is super countercultural to sometimes how we do things in the Christian world. We like to rush in and be quote unquote intentional and commit straight off the bat. But I actually don't think that's wise. And I actually think that leads to more heartbreak and deeper soul ties and a lot of confusion. And in turn, sometimes it leads to actually disappointment in God. So here's what I want you to do. Pace yourself over 60 to 90 days. Listen to last week's episode on how to do this specifically. We give you a whole model to do this. And also we give you a model on how to navigate through three main types of boundaries, emotional, spiritual, and physical. All right, so today we're going to be talking about defining the relationship. How do you know if you want to commit to someone truly? And how do you have that conversation? Everyone makes it this really big thing. They're like super nervous about it. But today on the episode, what JJ and I are doing, we're going to walk you through how to do this in such a way that takes the pressure off, that allows you to feel less nervous, that also allows you to stop putting so much pressure on the other person that you're dating. And, you know, just be prepared for whatever happens. We're going to really encourage you how to DTR and how to know that you are ready to DTR. Okay, here's the thing. If you have never listened to our podcast before, I want to encourage you to rate our podcast on iTunes, or you know what? You could also just go on YouTube and subscribe and like the video. I feel like I'm one of those YouTube subscribers now or YouTubers, but you know what? We got to say it because 
We are putting a lot of effort into making this podcast great for you each and every week. And we'd love for you to be a part of that, especially if you're new or have been here for a while. And we'd love to get the word out about what we're doing here at Heart of Dating. One more thing I want to share with you guys. Hey, we have an awesome new free resource on our website. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about how to know that you want to date someone, the dating process. Well, guess what, you guys? I created an entire resource that's all about discovering your non-negotiables and figuring out your core values. It's a workbook that's completely free and you can get it at heartofdating.com forward slash resources. You'll see it right there on the top of our resources page. That's heartofdating.com forward slash resources. It's discovering your non-negotiables and your core values. This is going to really, really help you start figuring out through that pacing process of getting to know someone. How do I know if I really like this person? How do I know from a grounded sense if I really want to continue dating them and move from dating into a relationship into that next phase? How do I know if I want to define the relationship? Well, you have to be able to know your core values and if they line up you have to know some of your core non-negotiables okay so go to heartofdating.com forward slash resources all right once again jj is on the podcast today thank you guys for all your support it's been so fun bringing him into this heart of dating community so without further ado let's get into this episode today about defining the relationship all right, all right, all right. We're here again. Woo woo. Wow, you are crashing my podcast for the fifth week in a row, JJ yeah. Tomlin. I think people like it. Oh my gosh. Do I'm you kinda su- I'm honestly kind of surprised. <laughs> I figured by now I'd really mess it up by now. <gasps> Honey, our episode downloads have been really high. Yeah, I don't know why. I think because you're carrying it and I'm just like, yeah, that sounds good. Can you clarify for everyone last week on our video podcast that you were not picking your nose? Yeah, okay. Just a disclaimer. I was pinching it. Okay. There's a difference between no. pinching, you know, like even an an allergy and picking. But I made sure he got all the pinching out before this episode. Okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So if you that which if you guys don't know, today we have a video podcast for you. Yeah, we do. And it's so exciting. It's and on I, YouTube. Yeah. Which is great, though. I this is like our YouTube debut, really. Kinda. So like and subscribe and comment. Yeah, smash that subscribe button. Yeah. Turn on notifications. Bro. Dude. No, but seriously, you guys can see us in real time. You can see our janky setup because I'm normally just me, myself, and I with my podcast gear. Now we're adding somebody else. So we literally have a mound of books right now because we are not recording in a studio. And so JJ has a mound of books. It's kind of good. Currently on top of Boundaries by Dr. Cloud and, and Townsend. Shout out. And then on top of that, we have Mingling of Souls by Matt Chandler. Yeah. And shout out, Matt, because we love Mingling of Souls. And by the way, y'all, that's a great book to read when you are later in your committed relationship season. Yeah. Not in the beginning, a little bit too much. But uh, we loved reading that book together. Yeah, it's been a great premarital book. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely would recommend it. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so today we're talking about defining the relationship, also known as DTRs, right, babe? Yeah, it's a buzzword again. Did you know what DTR meant? Like, if you heard the term DTR, would you have known like what a DTR was? Yeah, from from youth group, I would. Youth. 
from youth group. Why did that just make you feel young to me, honey? <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't go to youth group? <laughs> yeah, but that feels like a distant memory. I mean, I'm in my 30s. Youth group was like in my youth. You know, and I don't know when yeah, that was. It was a funny. long time. I mean, technically. It's like half my life ago. It's like 10 years ago for me. Okay, it was more than that for me, so, but we all know I'm five and a half years older than JJ. If you didn't know, now you know. Yeah, and you own it. I do own it. The cougar. I like it. I like that you're my, oh my gosh, you love that. So anyways, you guys, yeah, we have a video podcast, and today we're talking all about defining the relationship, and uh, the last few weeks, we're trying to build up on different topics. So last week, we talked about pace and boundaries and how to pace your relationship because we both believe that Christians are often super weird and overcommit, like really early on in dating. And it's not wise. It's not wise. You need to learn to get to know someone and set proper boundaries, not just physical, emotional, spiritual, all the things. And so now we want to talk about defining the relationship. So, uh, and, and you know, how to do that. But in order to start, I want to, hi, I want to recap the five dating stages, whether you're new here or are forgot that we have been talking about dating this way. I want to give you the five stages from singleness to marriage. It is single dating relationship engaged married. And I did not coin this. So I just want to tell you, like, I did not originally come up with this, but I believe in it so wholeheartedly. And I believe Dr. Cloud was the one who came up with it. So here's the thing. The reason why adding the relationship phase into the whole equation changes everything is because when you are dating, you are dating, building a friendship, getting to know the person and figuring out through dating them through time, if you want to be in a relationship with them, you're not trying to figure out if you want to get married to them. Yeah. And you just had a really good response on the picture you used to kind of illustrate this yeah. with my uh, orange hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a young lady commented, uh, she's been married to her husband for a year now. Uh-huh. And she said, you know, I was dating this guy. I was not attracted to him at all. And my pastor's wife sat me down and said, listen, dating is not to see whether or not you're going to marry somebody. Mm. It's just trying to see whether or not you like somebody and if you want to be in a relationship but that was really cool to hear coming from technically the pulpit and a pastor's wife because that's not typically not often what you hear but off but right here like jj has his mic on the book boundaries i mean dr cloud talks about this a lot as well and it's so powerful actually he encouraged me to go on this dating journey i did a year ago which or over a year ago which led me to meeting yeah exactly thank you dr henry cloud for many reasons uh but today with defining the relationship we're going to be talking about going from the dating phase to the relationship phase. And some of the questions we want to answer are, how do you know that you actually do have enough information to know that you want to go from dating into a relationship, right? And then how do you then, if you decide it, how do you communicate that you're ready for that commitment? Yeah. It's been kind of fun. The past few weeks have really been a story like yeah. kind of woven with ours of, okay, long distance. Are you open to long distance? Why are we not? Yeah. Okay, let's do long distance. Oh, okay, I'm doing long distance. How do I pace myself? How do I make sure I'm asking the right questions? 
having emotional boundaries spiritual and just boundaries. yeah spiritual yeah. and just getting to know somebody yeah and now we get to that fun next step of okay and it's a great question how do i know whether or not this is a relationship that yeah. i want to commit to how do i know if i want to be in the relationship with this person yeah. and even though we have talked a lot about long distance because that's part of our story this still all applies to you even if you're not doing long distance okay and so um you know, DTRs, the, a big DTR can happen when you're moving phases, like from dating to relationship. Obviously, a yeah. big DTR happens from relationship to engagement. Okay, that's a big thing. It's a whole ordeal. And we will tell our engagement story one day. Yes, we will. It's so fun. <laughs> but um, it should also be mentioned that you can DTR in smaller ways too. And some of that DTRing is like, checkpoints that you have with the person. Yeah. I call them like almost heart checks or, you know, like yeah. you're checking in like, like if you are unclear with kind of where they stand or if you just want to have a, a check-in that doesn't have a lot of pressure on it, you can do check-ins. Yeah. Totally so fine. good. And I think I'm a huge proponent of that. Um, instead of just putting it off into one big DTR, Yeah. having check-ins is a lot more efficient. It's a lot safer. It's a right. lot easier. It's kind of like, you know, a science or a project. <laughs> Would you rather do it in like, you know, 10 nights, you know, for 30 minutes or wait till the last night before it's due Yeah, and stay up, you know, for six, seven, eight hours and yeah. make it really hard. Oh my gosh. I, I wouldn't rather that do that, but I have done that in my past. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I normally was the overachiever and never left anything last minute, but I have done that a few times. Oh yeah. I hated waking up and the day it was a science fair and you just wake up and you're like, oh no. <laughs> today's the day <laughs> so hopefully with this hopefully yeah and hopefully with this you're not waking up on the dtr day like oh no <laughs> that's today oh i got a dtr yeah hopefully we can give you a better system that you're checking in yes you know informally and it's a little bit easier than just one nerve-wracking conversation yeah so let's talk about something though in here so Something I think it's important is to distinguish between these two phrases, between exclusivity and relationship. Yeah. What is the difference? Yeah, this is great. So um, first of all, everything I'm about to say, like I am, I did not write any sort of dating Bible. I did not write like the dating handbook. I don't, there isn't a dating Bible out there, though. I have some dating guides out <laughs> there and you know, we're going to be launching a program on dating and all yeah. that. However, like there is not one hard and fast way to do dating or use these dating terms, but here's what I, I, I like to do. Okay. I like to separate exclusivity and relationships in some capacity, typically. So exclusivity is the time when you are deleting the dating apps to focus just on one person. And again, we don't recommend really doing that until after the 60, 90 days of getting to know this person through dating. Mm -hmm. And exclusivity in my mind still comes under the dating phase. Now, some people combine exclusivity and being in a relationship as one. Technically, exclusivity means I am exclusively seeing you, nobody else. Right. That makes sense. So yeah. So you're saying I can be exclusively dating somebody, yep. but not in a relationship. Yes. Quite yet. Yes. I believe that that you can be doing that. Okay. And so in the dating phase before exclusivity, you might be dating other people, or if mm. somebody asked you on a date and you were talking to someone else and going on dates, you might say yes. Now you don't have to, but you might. 
or you might still be on dating apps. All of that is is okay. I think though that some people just rule up, get exclusive right away. Yeah. They use the dating phase to be completely exclusive and you know, that is, if that is what you want to do, you just need to also hopefully prescribe by what we talked about last episode by not jumping too far in too quickly, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think one thing to also call out is being exclusive is probably the most important because then the relationship is more just of a formality title, you know, it, yeah. it does bring a lot more. Um, but I think exclusivity is probably the biggest milestone. It is. It yeah. could be. Yeah. But again, for security, not for a lot of people, if they're exclusive more so right away, just naturally, because I know people yeah. who are just uncomfortable being on dating apps once they start liking someone. Well, I think what I like, what I really like, and we'll keep going, is that I think making exclusive like a notable thing to bring up and declare yeah. instead of this, because the whole point of the DTR is there is this little game that we play of like we're both trying to be cool we're both <laughs> kind of dancing that, back and forth like we like each other he likes me but Are we, we shouldn't exclusive? be doing that yeah no yeah. i agree but that's but that's what, what happens and yes. you don't even have to train humans and we all do this right we yeah. play this game we dance this dance well we used to not back in the day <laughs> okay right we yeah. only in recent years started that uh, probably actually that's true yeah and so what we're what i really like is this is a really good framework to stop playing the stop playing the game yeah. And have a really mature, transparent, great, healthy communication about yeah. how or whether or not you're exclusive instead of having to like play these mind games of are we exclusive or not? Yeah. You know, how do I ask? How do I bring this up in a way that's not creepy or me? You know, because you never want to also be the person who's like declaring themselves like I'm exclusive and I'm like crazy about you. Like it doesn't work like it, it does in the movies. Well, that's the weird part is you can't assume you're exclusive and they're exclusive. Right. Just because you are deciding to be exclusive, meaning you are not talking to anybody else, you're not on a dating app, you can't assume yeah. that they are. And if they're not, I really want to urge you to not judge them. That's the whole point here. Dating yeah. is to figure out if you want to be in a relationship. It may feel weird to you. It may be different if you find out they're talking to other people. Definitely be aware of what you're feeling, but don't immediately judge them like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they would be even talking to someone else. Now, yeah. if they've been talking to you for multiple months and you still find out they're talking to other people, I mean, that's also on you. Okay. You should have brought You guys should have had a small checkpoint earlier on instead of assuming for yeah, three months look, or there, whatever. There's a bunch of different situations. <laughs> um, yeah. But the thing is with exclusivity is you can only speak for you. Yeah. And you, I would just, we're going to get into this because I think this is a great episode mm. on how to kind of guard yourself, how to lead that conversation, whether you're a female yes. or you're a male, because it, it is important for both. Yeah. And we, we really want to stop playing the games. Like yeah. we, we really no want to no take games. off. Yeah. Take off the cool jacket. It's not cool. And every time I hear these what's stories cool of and, playing. And attractive is vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's cool. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, babe. Yeah, you're super cool. Well, okay. So what's the difference between exclusivity and relationship or exclusive phase and relationship phase? Relationship is you are really in it to win it. You have decided I want to 
take steps to to get to know this person more. I have a serious interest in them. There's something really special about mm -hmm. them. And I'm moving towards seeing if I want to get engaged to them. Yeah. And so some people, like I said earlier, just go from dating to relationship and skip exclusivity, mm. which is okay. That's fine. You can do that. Everyone has a different pattern of doing this. Yeah. Some people go from dating to exclusive to relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, some people go in dating. Dating is synonymous with exclusivity to them and they go, they're mm -hmm. exclusive right. to relationship. Yeah. So there's a lot of different formulas here. Yes. It's, it's kind of <laughs> inherent and everybody's definition of dating or relationship, like, but it is, it should be addressed separately. Yeah, I agree. And here's the thing, again, don't just, I want to again, emphasize, do not assume that just because where you are and how you do the dating process is how, where yeah. they are and how they do the dating process. Even if you are finding yourself so connected to them and enjoying your date mm. and feeling like there's no other person they could possibly be thinking about, I still want to encourage you to not assume anything unless you've actually had a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is where a lot of disappointment comes in. That's where unfair judgment of the mm. other person comes in because you find out, oh, they're talking to someone else and you just like, but the reason why you're so upset about that and offended is because you created a different story in exactly. your mind. Exactly. And it was just your expectations. Yes. And yes. that's super unfair. And expectations. Unset expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Un, uh, yeah. Un, especially unset expectations. Mm -hmm. But expectations are really hard because then yeah. essentially you're projecting your own assumption onto somebody else. And the second they don't do what you expected you're disappointed yeah that's just so unfair it's so unfair yeah but we do that all the time i know day. we do we do it in real life we do it everywhere we go yeah that's true okay so let's talk about you and i babe because i think we kind of differed a little bit here yeah with where we and how we did it this this dating exclusive relationship thing so for me i was at the beginning of 2021 i was in a dating challenge, I dated more than one guy. I was clear with all the guys up front that I was talking to other guys and I made sure they knew that. Okay. Um, and you know, I, JJ came around along like in the middle of this whole process. And when he came along, I was still talking to the other guys. Now for me, how it happened is the other guys sort of fell off just by the way of things. I'm not going to give all the details. I found them and I threatened them. <laughs> oh my I said, gosh. If you take her on another date, send her another Uber Eats, <laughs> I will find Oh you. my gosh. So they just kind of fell off. It wasn't even because it, I planned it or I was like intentionally ending it so I could date JJ. It just is how it happened. So by the end of my three months, it just so happened that JJ was the only guy I was talking to. <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks, honey. <laughs> well, that's how it worked, babe. Okay. But I was committed to staying like just finishing out the three months. And so I did. Um, and so in a sense, I was kind of exclusive to you at that time. Well, okay. To be, uh, we were both waiting for the three month mark to end so that we could be exclusive. By that point, because the other yeah. guys had dropped off, and I realized this is something I really. Yeah, we enjoyed. knew, you know, and that was great because about at the time, at the end of it, we were both like, okay, like, and we referred to that in the last episode. That's why it's kind of nice to have that day at 60 days or 90 days, like yeah. that, you know, stake in the sand, because you definitely get excited about that. Like, okay decision time is coming at that point you're both kind of feeling it and it's very exciting 
Um, but yeah, like they happen to fall off and then we happen to just be building a really great friendship. Yes. But time. here's the thing that happened. I came to visit in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then after that trip, you did kind of assume that we were just in a relationship. Remember this? Well, I was waiting. You did because you called me your girlfriend to somebody and I was like, what? (laughs) Do you remember this? No, I don't. Yeah. And we had a conversation. You're like, well, and I was like, I'm not sure I'm I'm actually ready to to call you my boyfriend. Well, you're. Yes. Okay. I'm (laughs) going to set aside my pride here for the sake of the audience. (laughs) I love you. And we'll define this. I assume because we were exclusive at that point in Seattle and we had to find that. Mm -hmm. I also defined with that exclusivity that we were boyfriend and girlfriend because that was in my definition. You hadn't. Yes, exactly. My definition of exclusive was that we're in a relationship. I was like, they're synonymous. Exactly. And that's where (laughs) there was just the differing terms. That's why it's so important we bring it up because this this is what happens when you date a dating coach. (laughs) It's like, okay, so we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And she's like, "Mm, not quite. (laughs) Exclusive exclusive. means I'm not dating anybody else. I finished my dating challenge. So babe, what what about you? When you met me, what was it like for you with where you were going from dating to exclusive to relationship? Yeah. So when I met you, I was actively and openly dating. I was on dating apps. And then as I started to pursue Kate, for me, it was pretty clear just by default and the, you know, just the people I was talking to at the time that I just wanted to kind of focus on Kate and Kate only. Uh, I wasn't exclusive with her. I just didn't really have a desire to pursue anybody else in that moment, which was fine. And that was great for me because it really gave me the emotional flexibility and bandwidth and attention to just focus on Kate. And that's what you wanted to do. But you knew that I wasn't necessarily doing that. Yeah. And I was completely fine with that. And I think you, and look, if there's one piece of advice, it's when you go into dating, you have to operate on some kind of security and identity in who you are mm. so that your happiness and your identity, it just doesn't depend on the results. Yeah. Because then, agree. you know, the reality is, is we're all getting ghosted at some point. We're all going to get, you know, some pretty um, just inappropriate messages. You know, we're all going to have these hard things happen to us. So when you go out and date, you have to do it off like a solid concrete foundation, which I I think is a relationship with God. You know, he's your need for intimacy, affirmation, Mm -hmm. all these things. So you're not going into dating, you know, just looking for some of these things that you should be getting from your relationship with God and your fellowship with family and friends. Um, But anyway, back to the point. So it was pretty clear for me after LA that I wanted to be exclusive with you. Yeah. And, you know, for me, exclusive also meant in a relationship. Um, but even then, I but knew... But you knew I wasn't yet. I knew you there weren't still there. still Yeah, left. I knew you yeah. weren't there. And I knew that you hadn't come to Seattle. We still had a little bit of in-person to do. Yeah, yeah. I would have been jumping in too fast. You would have been jumping in too fast. I think we both felt that. Yeah. And again, we've mentioned this a few times. The best thing we ever did was we looked at each other and we just like repeated it. We're going to take this one date at a time. We're just going to surrender it. Like regardless of how excited we're feeling, 
how you know into it blah 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 we're just gonna send and we it. did have that sort of mini dtr check-in conversation when you were in la because yeah. we were one of the nights the after the pants night discussion and all that we had a really good connected night the next night as well and we had a conversation you quoted jp pagluda love is forged not found and we talked about like taking it one date at a time yeah. and how you were excited I was excited, but we were going to just continue to pace it out. I And I told her, I said, I know this is exciting. And I also know that it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. And I was very clear that I know that there is, there's trauma, there's wounding, and where there's that, there are scars. Yeah. Regardless of how much healing and redemption you go through on earth, there's always some kind of scar left over from our experience on earth that will remain with us. And so I knew that was coming and I just wanted to reassure her past all the fluffiness and the romance. Like I was still going to be like here for the long run. Yeah. And that was really great for her and for me. Uh, Like I was viewing this from the long term. Yeah. Um, And so the best thing that we did though was pace ourselves. Yeah. Um, Because for me, that was really hard. That was a tendency to jump in. I think we all have that tendency once we find somebody we really like or really into and we can really see ourselves with, we kind of jump in. But the best thing we ever did was just truly surrender it to the point where I literally looked at Kate <laughs> flying to LA just to see her. I said, listen, if tonight does not go well, yeah, you are under no obligation to hang out with me on the next day or the next day. That's really hard. That's kind of risky. Yeah. You know, like yeah. some of these things that we said are risky because you're truly surrendering it. You're saying, yeah. listen, I truly, if you do not feel it, like I do not but want it. This is great because we are clear on where we were. Yeah. Like no, this is, really it's back good. to a check-in, but like, again, like it was earlier on. So I love that. Yeah. But, um, but it's very vulnerable for both sides to be like, I really want it, but if it's not what God has for us, then I don't want it. Yeah. And, you know, that's a heart prayer to pray when you are really excited and you're feeling it and you say, God, like, if this is not what you have for us, then let it be abundantly clear that it's no. Yeah. And so you kind of have to deny some of that control, some of that, oh, but I really want it. Okay, Kate, I have a yes. question for you. Okay, what? So you had a tendency to jump in and skip exclusivity. Is that right? Yeah, in the past. Okay. So with me, what do you feel like Or you I would did? be ex- immediately exclusive. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What do you feel like you did with me and learned to do to keep yourself from jumping in to exclusivity too fast? Because I feel like that's a lot yeah. of people, including myself. Yeah. So for me, with when I was doing the dating challenge, what was really helpful after every date, because I knew and I used to dive right in, I actually took notes after every date. I definitely allowed myself to feel the things I was grateful for, get excited. But then I also simultaneously, because my thing was jumping in too quickly mm-hmm. and over committing to guys that would not be the good, good guys for me in the long run. So I would simultaneously outside of writing the good things, I would also write, what do I still not know yet? And I would take notes literally on the things I did not know on the things I still wanted to find out. And it would ground me so much. Like, I'm like, I don't know about the, his family dynamic. I don't know about his friendships. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. I don't know truly much yet about his relationship with God. Like we would go maybe deeper on a topic or feel connected, you know, whatever it was. But then I'm like, oh, there's so many things I don't know yet. Wow. And so I would journal that out with every guy because it was so helpful because in my dating challenge, like there were guys that I was connected to pretty well. And especially there's one guy early on that I was like, I really connected to this guy. 
And so I stayed grounded. And this is what I'm so grateful that why I'm so grateful I did that. Cause in my old ways, I would have probably loved that connection with him, been mm. so excited, connected, like all these things. Oh, so good. I feel the feels. And I probably would have not dated you, not probably ended it with the other guys and just solely dove in with this guy. And guess what? After two-ish months in this process, I realized, oh, this isn't going to work. Like there are things here that are not aligning that aren't good for me, that aren't, that he, like we were not, he wasn't in a good place in that moment to be even dating really is what came up. And if I had just committed, either I would have got my heart broken or I would have tried my very best to make it work because I put all my eggs Mm. in that basket. But I, but that ending was actually so fine for me because I was like, I did not overcommit. Yeah. I grounded myself really after every date. So, okay. But so practically you debriefed after yes. these dates Yes, and wrote down what you didn't like, what you liked, obviously. Yeah. I love myself then, to feel feels. Yeah. It's okay. And then what you still did not know. What I did not know. Yeah. That's kind of funny. That's great. That's a great tip though. I never knew that. Yeah. So I highly recommend that for people for pacing yourself. So let's go into the conversation of how do you know you're actually ready to commit? You've gone through dating, exclusive or not exclusive, whatever. We'll leave that to you. Let's say you've done dating exclusive and now you're like, do I want to be in a full-blown relationship? Let's go. Um, You're going to now be committed to that person. Maybe you put on the label boyfriend, girlfriend. Maybe you show up to church and maybe you hold hands, okay? People now see you together. It's a different level of commitment. It's different. You might start meeting each other's families. Mm-hmm. More things start getting serious in that phase. So you're you're here in the relationship phase or you're entering into that so you can take a closer look at them. Before you were, you were having fun building friendship, you were getting to know some things. Now it's more vulnerability, more getting to know them, a closer look yep. at them and them at you, by the way, just side note. Yeah. Okay? yeah. <laughs> that was a big thing with us, it honey. Is. Oh it my was. gosh. And you know, you, you talked about this and this was one of the most attractive things I found about you. After you came to Seattle, what what did you have to go do? Like, who did you go talk to and why? Nika? Yeah. And your board of advisors. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Nika and my board of advisors. Yeah. Yeah. Board of advisors, you guys, are your life board of advisors. These are like six to eight, five to seven people who deeply know you. Mm -hmm. And for me, they're usually people in different phases of life. Um, and they're not not all just exactly like you. Like I wouldn't have a board of advisors that are just all single like me or all like just everyone is a blueprint copy of myself. Like you have to have people that, you know, ideally some that are older or at least one that's older, somebody that is in a different life phase, whether married or has a kid, you know, you want people that know you, but also a variety of different kinds of people Mm. within that board of advisors. Yeah. And I think for guys, it might be a little bit of a smaller circle, actually. Mm. Um, But I still think you get five for guys. Yeah, you could. I think, uh, but what I like what you said was it's a mix. There's typically some kind of authority figure that you might submit to Mm. and you're comfortable submitting to who has authority to speak over your life. Yeah. And then there's, you know, friends and people who hold you accountable and kind of encourage you. And so there's kind of a mix, but everybody kind of has a role. Yeah. But it was so attractive for me to have you say, I know I want to jump in. 
but I have to go, you know, essentially get blessing from yeah. my mentor and my board of advisors. Yeah. But I love that. That was so, I loved it. Yeah. It was so important for me. And so I highly encourage that before you jump in, involve your quote unquote board of advisors in such a way of like either have them meet the person, get on a yeah. phone call, like whatever it is, have them remember how you we got did a, a Zoom call, call with Nika with her best friend and her best friend's husband who for the first time who now have mentored Kate. us throughout the relationship. Yeah. Oh, the if you've ever heard us quote about this couple who's helped us without Nika this couple, yeah, <laughs> Nika and Emeka, we would not have made it. We would not be sitting here yeah, seriously. looking at each other without them. So I'm so but grateful that for Zoom them, call, yeah. she drilled you, man. You guys, I literally get on a zoom call with this couple, mainly just her. And it's like a sit down. It was crazy though that Ameka came in because he's never come in before at the end. Remember? Apparently she's had this call a lot, but yeah. <laughs> remember though how he came in? Oh, I remember. He's very intimidating. He was just lurking in the background. He didn't, the worst part was he didn't say a word. He was just lurking in the background, walking like back listening. and forth, pacing, this is my brother, dissecting everyone. <laughs> no, it's not even a brother. It's well, yeah, it's like protector. Yeah. Like he is a protector of Kate and he didn't say a word. I could just see him in the background, just pacing back and forth i'm like dude what is this guy doing like <laughs> i'm kind of nervous but i'm i'm okay and nika on the other hand is like if you hurt kate i will find you <laughs> and i will hurt you as much as you hurt her you have no idea what this girl has been through i was like i get it you guys love her and i i promise you i like regardless of how oh i God. literally told him regardless of how kate and i work out I will leave Kate better than I found her. And, you know, like, and I will. I'll be will so honest. Her. In Nika's defense, she has had this conversation <laughs> with guys before. And she's been so nice in the past. Like, like almost just like, oh, I like you. And fun because she connects well with people. And honestly, she has had it with you after all the years and after all the heartbreak she had like she's like i am done i had never seen her this or expected the amount that she really drilled you on that call it was i was like oh my yeah, gosh i did not like, prepare jj enough i was crying like because what she was saying was true but i was like oh my god it was really cool and she was definitely the tigers definitely came out nika <laughs> I, I loved, it. loved it. Yeah. With the other like tigers just lurking in the background of the cage. I'm like, I didn't know it was going to be dinner tonight. <laughs> Goodness gracious. And then eventually Mecca stepped in. And what was so cool is that he was like silently listening the whole time. And every other guy I've dated that have had this conversation with Nika, Mecca's listened and never stepped in. He's never made an effort to step in. He's just kind of sitting there listening. And he was so impressed by JJ that he actually came to be a part of the conversation in the end, which I'm telling you, he has never done. And that was a big moment. Remember? Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, <laughs> probably more for you than me. I, I didn't know what to think. I was just like, all right, well, he's coming. I was like, this now. is I'm in, huge. <laughs> I'm in big trouble now. I was like, this is a big deal. Yeah. He, he prayed over us. Yeah, he prayed. And it was a, and so when I took away from that, I, I joked, you know, they definitely came uh, fiercely, but it was so fiercely because they loved Kate mm -hmm. so much and they were there to protect Kate at all costs and I was like man that was super inspiring it obviously showed me how much they love Kate and how much they care about her and want to protect her that's really rare I think to find people who will so vividly like stain for somebody else yeah. like they don't care how I came across they don't care yeah. what it felt for me they were like fiercely guarding her 
Yeah. And so I love that. It was super attractive. And to, it was a to be fair, to we you. have been months into talking. Like Yeah, a few, three months, four months. Yeah. We were still and remote. Yeah, we were still long distance. And so, but we were, ser- we were getting, we were about to be in a relationship, yeah. right? We were like very pretty serious at this point. So, um, and you know, for those of you listening that are like, wow, that's a lot. Like that feels like you pressuring him to like, he has to make it work with you. And it was less of that. Yeah, it, it was, was not that. It was like, just treat her well. Like you have no idea what she's been through. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to, they were basically just like, if you're going to be another guy who comes in this process and leaves, just just protect her and honor her. And don't and, make false promises. Yeah. and Oh, and that was the big one. Yeah. Do not make false promises. Like if you're not going to do this, do not promise. If you do not love her, do not say I love you. Like things like that. Yeah. To really yeah. help honor Kate. And yeah. I was like, shoot, don't tell me twice. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he he was up. like shaking. No, I'm just no I was not. I was cool. <laughs> but and needless to say, you also talked to some of my other friends, Kristen, you had met Kathleen, like yeah. there's a lot of people. And so, and those were way le- more chill and, and good. They were good though. I literally went to the dog park with my dog and her roommate um, at the time, you know, and it was just a very casual kind of like, you know, 30 minute outing just to see how I was and how she was. And, you know, those were really important for me because I wasn't trying to impress anybody. I was just very genuine and letting them know that uh, I, my best interest is Kate and Kate's best interest. And I'm really, and here's the deal ladies is that the right guy is going to be okay. Talking to some of your board of advisor people. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be? And it doesn't have to be like a, like sledgehammer conversation like Nika. It can really just be like, like, uh, like getting to know, like, Hey, like before we take this step, it is important for me, especially if you're long distance. Okay. For me, it was important being long distance that he have conversations with my close people who hadn't really gotten to spend much time with him. Cause we weren't in person. So I was like, it's really important to me to have those conversations. Yeah. And so, um, and I also likewise with JJ, I had to, I met some of your friends and had some conversations with them. Yeah. I would say and that I, I was just about to say that Look, in your lives, this is a side note, whether you're single, you're married, engaged, whatever. If you have close friends in your life and they are single and they are dating and you have the opportunity to meet that other person, be the sledgehammer. Like, (laughs) you don't have to embarrass them, (laughs) but be the sledgehammer. Like, ask them hard questions, you know, that the other person might not have the, you know, gumption to, but the... I've been sledgehammered actually surprisingly a couple times and I really respect the person who does it. And it really makes me see the other person like, Oh, you really have people who care about Mm. you. So good. So here's something just really important. Um, questions to ask yourself when you're about to commit, why are you getting into this person? Why are you really into this person? Are you into them because of their charm? Mm -hmm. Because physical attraction, you really physically attracted to them because you have a wild chemistry, ooh la la, because of their talents or their achievements, because of how much fun you have on dates. Like those are fun things, but they don't really have anything to do with a lasting relationship. And I love that Dr. Claude says a criminal 
has some of those traits. Okay. And that's real. It's okay. true. It's, you need to like, why are you really into this person? Ask yourself that instead of just all those things, charm, physical attraction, wild chemistry, achievements, those things are all good, but that shouldn't be the reason you want to be in a relationship. The reason should be a deeper, harder look at the person's character with which if you've seen them through time, as we're suggesting, yeah. you've gotten to see more of their character over the roughly 90 days yes. or so. And so ask yourself, do they spiritually challenge you or are you pastoring them? That is, that is my favorite one. Yeah. After a month of dating, after two months, after three, it should be abundantly clear. Mm. Are they spiritually challenging you? Are they yoked with you? Are yeah. you running the same race at the same pace? Or are they a newborn Christian, you know, who is still figuring out habits of sin and sanctification and, you know, these new things of a Christian life, or are you pastoring them? Yeah. And if you're pastoring them. Oh, I did this so many times. What, I really what, became the dating coach to so many people. What should like, we say the to coach. the one? What should we say to the singles who are pastoring? You should be friends with the person. Yeah. You, you should not date them. You can never make a person change and yeah. you should not date and marry potential. Yeah, absolutely. Can I, can I say something on this note real yeah. quick? Cause I did this too, you know, the quote unquote missional dating or pastoring. If you ever attach, if you think about it, when you do this, you basically are attaching the incentive of your personal relationship with them mm. to their relationship with God working out, um, which is so arrogant of yeah. us. We're saying, Hey, if you figure out so things good. with yep. God and get square with him, then we can figure things right. out and you're a bonus at the end of the tunnel. If they figure things out with God, that is, that is the most an arrogant, like horrible thing we could ever do. Their relationship with God should be the utmost important issue of their entire life. Like, and the mm -hmm. success of our relationship should never ever influence that decision with their relationship with God. Yeah. Now it has, you know, for good somehow, mm. but, um, that's just a quick note is if you're pastoring them, mm. like you should not be dating. Yes. And just know in yourself, sometimes you feel connected, special, like insert whatever word when you are helping somebody, if you've yeah. often played the rescuer role in your life, um, with your family or with people around you, then that's going to feel really validating. It's mm -hmm. going to feel very rewarding. It's going to be a, maybe a part of your identity. So these are hard questions you have to ask yourself because it's probably, it could be deeply rooted into some of your patterns yep. of like, I'm the rescuer. And I learned that pattern from my early childhood. And so you know, and I, we don't have time to get into all of that right now, but it's, do they spiritually challenge you or are you pastoring them? Next question. Do they encourage and build or cut you down with jokes or shots? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Look for this one because think about it. When you're married to this long-term, do you want somebody who's taking shots and cutting down, you know, or are they encouraging and building an edification? Mm -hmm. The funny way to put this is when you two are in a relationship, do they have their construction hat on to be on the construction team and build you up? Or do they have the dynamite out? The sledgehammer. <laughs> and, and the sledgehammer. Are they on the demolition team? Oh my God. And then which one are you in the relationship? Are you coming to the relationship? Construction or demolition. Yeah. And I think that's a daily choice, by the way. Yeah. Um, built over You've time. You've said this to me before. Yeah. But. <laughs> We need to be on the construction team. Baby. Yes. So, okay. Last question. Do you lead by serving, giving, listening, 
and loving. Do they? Do they lead? Sorry. Yeah. And do you? Yeah, <laughs> Both, I mean, it's actually. always a good question. So do they lead by serving, giving, listening, and loving? I love that. Yeah. Look for those traits because those will never go away. Yeah. Well, hopefully not, but. Well, it, it's something that's built into their character. Yeah, that's, um, that's called Not fruit. perfection. That's and something, fruit. just a quick note here, especially if you're like hearing all this, you're like, whoa, this is a tall order. You're a, you're not looking for perfect. You're looking for perfectible. You're looking for somebody with a relatively good amount of these qualities and a, a relatively healthy answer to these questions, but you're not looking for like, you know, five, like a plus, 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 plus this person is a work in progress person yeah. and you have to be able to understand they're on a journey. So there's a balance to everything we're saying. Yeah. I think. Yep. I agree. So what should you say? How should you say this stuff? Okay. When you are ready you again, do? we encourage small check-ins along the way. So it's not this big giant conversation that you are like so nervous about having. Um, but you should not have a DTR conversation over text. Like, please do not do that. I don't know why we just, we're so unused to like in person or having real conversations or voice to voice conversations. Yeah. Like we just want to text all the hard stuff. I and know. it's horrible. Well, you know why? It's easier. It's easier, but it's, it's, it's just so it's much like, easier. I text it and then I throw my phone away and oh my gosh, then every five minutes do they respond? Do they respond? I know. Oh my gosh. It's, it's horrible. Worst. You guys. So aim for in person or on a FaceTime, like if you're a long distance relationship, mm -hmm. but in person is the best if you can. Um, and remember when you are about to have this conversation, remember and pride yourself that there is power and beauty to vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so it is going to be vulnerable, but you can do anything with three seconds of courage. Yeah. So just take the three seconds of courage and know that vulnerability is this vulnerability moment is going to be one of the most beautiful things you've ever done. One of them, like leading in vulnerability when it's scary, when you could get rejected, when you don't always know what they're going to say, it can feel like when your heart has already been like, I really, I know enough that I want to commit. Right. Yeah. It's the most, this is a scary moment for me than like the engagement part, mm. because this is the moment where you're defining the relationship and they could not feel the same way. It's risky. Yeah. And, and it should be. Mm -hmm. If you're having a DTR and it's not risky, then it's probably not being vulnerable. Yeah. And it's probably not being done, you know, the right way. I agree. And so I know it's hard, um, but this is where you have to like, and here's the framework. If we're taking notes, this is the framework. You have to communicate clearly about how you feel, your experience, and you have to leave it at that. You have to take the How pressure off the other person yeah. because if you put all this pressure and you put the ball in their court and your entire identity depends on their answer, you're handing your heart over to them. Yeah. You're saying completely. like, here's everything, who I am. Will you accept me? Will you, will you love me? crush it or yeah. will you accept it? Yeah. Will you, will you take me into your arms and yeah. love me for the rest of your life? Like you don't want to hand over your power like yeah. that to you the to other say, person. This is how I feel. It's vulnerable to tell you, but this is my hula hoop. And yeah, I'm okay if you don't move forward. Yeah. You like, have to, without saying it exactly like that, that is what you have to have. Yeah. No. Cause they're going to say, Yes, I accept or no, I don't. And you have to be prepared for both. Yes. Um, so yeah. before you have this conversation, first of all, there could be a rejection. You just need to know that rejection is always possible. Yes. I wrote a book on rejection. I love talking about rejection. Mm. It's inevitable. But um, 
you know, just know could happen. Don't be, don't allow yourself to think about it too much to the point where you are like anxious about it and nonstop thinking about it, but know it's possible. Check your energy. Are you sharing or willing to share out of an invitation Mm -hmm. or are you making a demand of like, I need you to want to be with me. And even if you're not saying it, like, I need you to want to be with me, there's an energetic to it for sure with how you phrase things, with how your energy is, even how your body is in the moment where the other person is going to be able to feel right the whether pressure. you are there's just like a like, little bit of that control yes or that pressure the goal is to invite the person into this conversation the goal is to make an invitation yeah a confident secure invitation and that's why like that you know the offer when i came to la that first night was is risky you know yeah. it, but it was like hey this works out and great and if yeah. not great like <laughs> we'll be okay yeah so obviously the deeper you go the more that risk is, you know, because at that point, Kate and I had still only just been talking for a month. So it's not like it would have been the end of the world, but same principle, right? But keep it like here. I love this. And this is so helpful. Keep it focused on your experience, your feelings, and let them respond to how they see fit. But do not you getting distracted by the dog? I got distracted by the this dog. This is what I do. This is my move. I always hey, get distracted Dolly. by the dog. She's Hi, so Yubby. cute. But whatever you do, do not let your expectations control you oh. or your mindset or your feelings. Yes. Do not let your expectations control. This is why pacing yourself through this process and checking in with yourself is so important because you're not... Um, you're not, you don't have this grandiose expectation of this other person. You're Mm. pacing it out. And I think that's so important. Yeah. Especially if you struggle with having really high expectations of a person. Yeah. And getting your heart broken often. Yeah, exactly. And you even wrote a script for the women, right? This is so good. This is what it it should sound like. Yes. So I believe women, you can even start the DTR conversation. I don't believe in the women that should wait over long and long and long and long. And it's just frustrating because you never know when he's going to bring it up. I believe women, if you feel like you are at the point where you potentially want to move to the next level, I believe that you can share it as an invitation. Um, and I be- and just so you know, being in your feminine is about being vulnerable. It's about sharing your needs, but also not having a chokehold on the man, like needing for him to have a certain response. And so here's what you could say. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I have absolutely loved getting to know you the last few months and I find you very interesting. You have a way of making me feel really good when we're together. I feel so safe around you. And for me, notice saying for me peels energy off the man. Okay. This and a good friend of mine, Rachel Cheryl, she's a dating coach that talks about feminine energy. She says this. So it's, this is like also stuff I've learned from her. So you go, and for me, taking the energy off the man, it's about you. For me, I have found myself at a point where I'm ready to commit to you even more. And if you're not interested in doing that, that is totally okay. But I'd love to open a discussion about this. How do you feel about it? Wow. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yes. Did you? Was that for me or yeah, was that babe. a script? That was really good. I hope you know where I stand with you. <laughs> yeah, I do. But if I heard that as a guy... 
Think about it. If you're a guy and you heard that, it'd be very easy to respond. Mm. Regardless. Yeah. If it was good or quote unquote good or bad, it'd be very easy for me to respond honestly, respectfully, and lovingly. Yes, I agree. Hopefully. And, yeah. and I think the best communicators do that. They set up the other person for success. They don't just vomit mm. their feelings or emotions on the other person and leave them with a big pile of poo. They set them up for a successful communication of yeah. how they feel. Mm-hmm. And that's like, yeah, that's really hard to do, especially if you have something that very, it's very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I didn't so write out a script. <laughs> I didn't okay, write out honey. a script for the dudes, but I do have a couple pointers. If you're a guy, this is just the reality of gender roles. And I think the masculine is built for this. But if you're in a relationship... It should never be unclear to the female where you stand. Mm, I like that. Yeah. And what that means is you you have to, you just, one day you have to decide, I'm going to stop being the cool guy and dating like a boy and I'm going to date like a man mm. and I'm going to have courage. I'm going to have ownership and I'm going to be overly transparent about how I feel in this relationship yes because then the best part about that is the relationship is less about you and it's more about her and leading in clarity and we like to say around here clarity is kindness Mm -hmm. and the best thing that you can do is be kind and be very clear yes there's we have to stop dating like little boys and date like men and look i speak from experience i did (laughs) not always do that well yeah and I hate that. I look back with so much regret on how I ambiguously mm. led women in relationships. And I have so much shame about it. Mm. And so I just want to say. We need to heal that shame, honey. Yeah, we do. And I'm like, I'm going to cry because mm. they, I'm going to cry because they deserve so much better. And I was better than that. And so if you're a guy and you're listening to this, just think about that. It should never be unclear where the relationship stands for that girl she should never have to ask so like what is this like what's going on here like where are you taking us ideally ideally yeah ideally yeah so but ladies if you really are confused you can be in your feminine yeah you can and but i the the ultimate standard should be that you're leading with so much clarity on how you stand and where you see it. So it's okay to say, I don't know. Cause there was times with Kate and I, where we're like looking at the relationship or the engagement decision. And you're just like, I don't have a yes. timeline and yeah. I don't know. And that's okay. Like, I don't want to scare you off. Um, but it's okay to say, I don't know, but I do know I really like you. And I do want to keep taking it a week at a time or a month at a time and keep seeing where this goes. Cause I yeah. know I really like you and I have your best interests at heart. Uh, I just, I can't cause women also, it's so funny the way women are wired <laughs> from oh, what no. I know it's after the first date, you know, their, their mind we literally can this. go like this. Hmm. That first date went well. Should we have Christmas at his family's oh <laughs> or gosh. should we have it in mine? What about Thanksgiving? And then they just, they also picture <laughs> apparently they go, you know, they just take you and they go to a mental image of a long walk on a beach with the sunset and be like, how would we look together? How oh my God. If we had kids, what would their complexion look like? Would they have his eyes? Would they have mine? 
Oh my gosh. The last name. Oh I my. do not Before do this you even anymore. go on a date, they're like, the last name, does it fit? <sighs> do we, would we have a hashtag? So if, if their mind works that, like, you Which know, it's ladies, like hyperspeed. We're not allowed to do that anymore. It's like it's like Star Wars. Say. They jump into hyperspeed, like vroom, and like just jump forward we in the future, excited. and they get yes. excited. They want that security. So you got to lead with the pace and transparency. I agree. And vulnerability. So good, babe. This has been such a good episode. I think so too. I think it's been great. I hope you guys have learned a good amount about DTRs, aka defining the relationship, and all the different aspects of it, and. I guess my last final bit of advice is to have the three seconds of courage when you like in the little check-ins and in the bigger DTR, like Mm -hmm. if you're unsure or if it really feels like uncomfortable in your body, you don't know where you stand and it's just causing you like some anxiety, have the three seconds of courage. Mm -hmm. First of all, see if you can manage that yourself, like in a healthy way, especially if you deal with more anxiety normally. But then if you're like, this is consistent and I just really want to know, then have the three seconds of courage. Yeah, the hardest part is that three seconds. Cause and if you don't believe it, just look back at all your hard conversations and be like, well, once I got into it and once I got talking. I just had one recently and I realized, oh my gosh, I had been I did not want to have this conversation it. and I was dr- I was dreading it. And honestly, guys, it went so good like went so well. And I was like dreading it, honestly. And I know, and I preach my, to myself all the time. So I'm like, you just have to do yeah. it. Have the three, three seconds, seconds of courage, courage. make yeah. it happen. I was thoughtful, prayerful. I mean, I wrote out a script, all the things, but which is fine. You can do that too, but like have the three seconds of courage. Sometimes it's so much bigger in your mind than it actually ends up. It being. always is. Yeah. A lot of times it is. Baby, I love you. I love you too. This has been so fun it's again. Been fun. I hope and you guys like that. We hope that you guys are watching on video or will check us out on video for our video. Oh, JJ is now flexing. You got some cameos from the dogs. You got to yeah, see JJ's biceps. You get to see our matching HOD shirts that we're wearing. So much fun. You get to see our janky setup with the boundaries book it's and mingling so of souls. Ghetto. We're working on it. Don't worry, guys. Still professional podcast. I kind of like it. Yeah. You know, hey, we're humbled. Okay. This is called being humble. And I've been running a podcast for four years and I still don't have the fanciest setup in the world. It's blue collar. Okay. Yeah. And you love that about I me. I know it. you love that. It's like we're spon- look, we're sponsored by Walmart here. All right. Not Target. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't accept we're that. We're sponsored by Walmart. No, absolutely not. Yeah, we're blue collar. No, I love Target. I'm sorry. That's a fight that you're not gonna win. <laughs> but okay guys we will see you next week on the podcast love you guys bye bye the heart of dating podcast is created by kate warman it is a part of the converge podcast network our incredible editor is the one and only scott caro our theme music was developed by the amazing christian ledoux special shout out to anjali maga and gabriella asperu who make this show possible each week and help to keep me sane If this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesday. So we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.